Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about what it's like when we change services in the middle of a sermon series, and we discuss this week's messages in our series entitled Living Hope. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. We are in uh, week number five in our series entitled Living Hope. And I was just saying um, before, uh, this this is where it kind of clicks from short series to now mid-series to longer series. Um, and as a result, we moved locations this past week. Yes. You've been four weeks kind of setting the the table, so to speak, mm-hmm. in the classic service. And I've been in Vine. And this week we do two weeks where we're switching. Yeah. You were in Vine this past week yeah. and, and this week coming up. Mm-hmm. And I was in classic. And then we'll be closing out the series in the places that we began. Right. <laughs> so we're kind of inserting ourselves in the different room yeah, and this in is, the middle. And this is a unique thing for our congregation. This is not something that... I don't know. Have you seen any other congregation that that does this? Like, I don't know that I don't can't think of another congregation that that does two concurrent services. Not on Sunday mornings. They'll have other yeah. other times of the week, other Saturday night services, Sunday night services, Wednesday night services, but not on Sunday morning. And and if they do have concurrent kind of services, it's usually the same service with a piped in sermon like pre-recorded or yeah you know live streamed from a different place so Mm -hmm. um this is the only place i can think that does that so there are advantages to that there are disadvantages to that i'm sure but um we kind of focus on the positive of it but that does represent a preaching wrinkle i'll say you know difference for sure it's a difference so when you're moving from a classic service or vine service and going to the classic in the middle of a series, what are the things that you think about um, as you're moving into a new environment like this in the middle of a series like mm-hmm. this? It's one thing if you're moving and you're kicking off a new series or, or, or you know, but, but it's different when you're in the middle of a series. Well, it, I think one of the things is that um, I didn't lay the foundation for the for – yeah. The build that of that day, yeah. you laid you laid the foundation for the build of that day where I went, and I laid it where you went. Yeah, and so uh, so even though we've listened to each other's sermons, which is we do that to get ready for this every week, um, we've listened to each other's sermons the, the entire time. It's not it's not the same. Not as the same because you're putting emphasis here and I'm putting yeah. emphasis there. It's not the same. So I'm having to go back. I did have to go back through and think through the the ways that you were talking. In fact, I even I even. Uh, echoed some of the ways yeah. that you talked about it in Vine for Vine, which I wouldn't have done had I been in, in Classic. So yeah. there's, there's that part of it. And then I guess the other piece of it, just moving from one to the other, is the experience of, of actually preaching the, the messages is different. Very different. Uh, yeah. In that, one, you're, we do a Thursday morning version of it, mm-hmm. uh, which is very different because it's the there's nobody in the room. There's Pre-recorded. No, there's yeah. no sort of interaction with the, with the congregation, uh, which is very different. But it's also 
done on Thursday. So Friday and Saturday, you're just incubating these things and you you do the same thing I do, which is you go back and Rework you tweak something. it and you've got it yeah. and you, and you you're, you're, and then you speak it differently when it's live. So you get one shot mm-hmm. in Vine, but you've had all that time to kind of build up to that, yeah. that one shot. So it's a, it's a different experience. And then the room itself is a is a multi-purpose room in the, for, for Vine versus mm-hmm. a sort of classic Gregorian-style you know, sanctuary. So the vibe is very different, and the band and the sound and the lights mm-hmm. and all, those are all uh, d- different things. So you just sort of mentally have to make, especially when you're make, making the weekly moves, you have to mentally sift, okay, I'm not in a robe, I'm not in with choir yeah. behind me in a pipe organ, I'm in a, in a more uh, intimate setting yeah. and a more... Um, not relaxed, uh, but it's definitely more casual, informal, yeah, and informal, yeah. And you did something too, and, and this was something I don't know that I've really thought about it, but you did something in Vine this week that I've done, and you and I, I think you did you do this pretty consistently, but it's something that we don't do in classic, which is we say tend to not always, but more often than not, we'll say something transitional from whatever piece of music has been sung in Vine, yeah into the message message there's some we try to make some sort of tie over we don't do that in the classic service because typically in the classic service what leads into the message is the offering and some sort of special music special music is like two steps back from the moment that you preach there's a prayer and there's a a doxology and then there's then there's the the offering so there's a it doesn't feel as as you know, in, in Vine, you're coming right out of that song. Yeah. Song, somebody's praying. The song still got the vac- background, yeah. you know, uh, uh, music going the ambient, yeah. they, while they're praying, and then and then you're then you're speaking. So yeah. it's a different it's a different vibe. And, and 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 frankly, the whole congregation is seeing all the words, and they're singing all the words that they're seeing on the screen. So that you know that that where they might not be hearing all of the words in the anthem or, yeah. or, or offertory piece. You know that they're hearing those words, so you're just pulling that right back in again. And I find it, and I found it particularly meaningful this week because yeah. the songs were so. I mean, they, Jennifer did a great job of selecting the songs this yeah. week to to fit the theme of the week, which is not the you know the not the easiest thing to not do. The, the, the happiest, suffering, of, yeah. happiest of, of topics there, yeah. and yet the the great message of just yeah. so I just, it just felt right to say, you know, hey, don't forget, yeah, you know, trusting him when trust seems hardest of all, and yeah. when your doubts are befalling, and you're and you and you find that Jesus as the safe place. Ooh, that's really going to matter today. Yeah, yeah. So that was a nice tie-in. Well, and in classic, we weave the themes. Yes, the, in the hymns, to some extent, uh, they're 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 woven in. But then, you know, Dr. Paul really weaves those themes in through the he prayers and the that. liturgies and, and, and sometimes even repeating passages that we're going to be uh, uh, preaching through as well. He, he does a, f- a fabulous job of that. So a lot of the same kinds of elements and same kind of thoughtfulness, but just presented in yeah. different sort of ways and in different liturgical things. So it's, uh, and you even referenced some of the liturgical things that happened in the, the like the confessional things that happened in vine as well too yeah so which are fairly i mean we had elements of that all all along but there's there's a lot more and being a lot more intentionality about those liturgical elements so that we can have more participation uh, in 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 the church we can tap into some longer longer connections with the throughout church history with the kind of ways that christians have been worshiping through the millennia um so we wanted to bring those in and just do them in a modern way yeah absolutely so we were in uh 
First Peter chapter three. Mm-hmm. We started with verse eight and went through verse twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, alluded to a moment ago, this is about suffering and good suffering. And we approach. We this is one of those weeks. You and I had uh, similar elements, but very different emphasis. Mm-hmm. Um, you were thinking of the good suffering from the standpoint of the suffering as a result of doing good. Mm-hmm. And while I had that element in there towards yeah. the beginning, mine was more of the what good comes out of this. What good mm-hmm. can come out of the suffering? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how the passage lends itself to both sides of those things. So when you're uh, thinking through this this passage and then thinking through the larger kind of context of what we've been going through with with Peter, where was your head at in and making the transition from last week, which is you know interacting with government and 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 families, families and, and and slaves and masters? Um, it seems almost like a left hand turn to some extent in, in yeah. Peter's thinking, but but he's, he brings these elements in from previous portions of the the, the letter. Yeah, you know it's interesting that. Um, I, one of the things I thought that I was going to do, because the context lends it, and I don't know if in two weeks I'm going to actually do this, is to is to do a lot more unpacking of the uh, of the the suffering. You and I both alluded to suffering, and we've we've used different words that are kind of yeah g- general words about there was some kind of harassment, there's some kind of a uh, you know uh, difficulty that they were having for, yeah. for, in, for in their faith, but and he, and he doesn't really specify it, but I you know I, I thought that that you know the 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 thing that was was compelling to me was coming out of the box with this with this message is that Peter is is acknowledging that that they are suffering yeah that's the first thing he's, he's just acknowledging that, that that they're suffering um, and he will do it again that in a, in a particular way in, a, in two weeks um, and so um, let me acknowledge that yeah. as well so I wanted to kind of get with him on that you know life is not all sunshine and lollipops yeah and uh, we we know that that's that's a hard thing and it's it's a it's a fairly stark thing to do to yeah. speak about the the reality of personal suffering. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I felt like that's where he where he went, and so how do you, how do you find something redemptive in in that? Yeah, so yeah. that that was the nugget that that led to. To, to to my emphasis, as you said, we we did emphasize the good suffering on different different different, different ways, ways and different sides of it. Both kind both. of inputs versus outputs. You yes, know, yours, mine was kind of the on the input side. Yeah. How do you deal with it? And yours is on the output side. How do, how does good come out of it? Yeah, yeah, and and, and Peter presents you know both of those things in there because he talks about the suffering of Christ the righteous for the unrighteous so there is the suffering for righteousness but the good so there's the good that brought the about the righteousness but then there's the 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 outcome of that which is the salvation of of humanity um and and to me you know i think it, what was what's interesting is how much you know when when peter is addressing you know i always think about this you know peter is is writing them from a great distance he's not there talking with them and 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 kind of unpacking these things so he's having to present these in in kind of some broad stroke sort of ways in ways that are easily understandable but with the under with the with the frame of mind that um, they're going to face challenges to even living out the words that he's writing to them, right? So the persecution is going to trip them up from doing, you know, the temptation to do good, you know, and and so I think about that with so many people that we, we talk to in our in our congregation, how you know we present um, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and and I loved how you. You addressed it head on. I did not address it. This, the, the other, the 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 
the go- the prosperity gospel kind of mindset of people where mm. when you come to faith everything's supposed yeah, to be Yeah, we've talked about that in, uh, several good. times yeah. in here. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 so many people kind of want to chuck their faith when things are difficult, when things are bad. You know, if this is it's almost like they expect we they know in their heads that God is not a genie in a bottle, but they they they, they still have an expectation still that have, God's going to provide some magic sauce in the middle yeah, of their yeah. their struggles and make it go away. And the the fact is we there are times when we see God show up in those ways that are miraculous and 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 the providence is is so which amazing. then leads to the question of yes. I'm suffering and so apparently that's not happening to me yeah why 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 is it and so I look at this and go well, there's 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 the good that causes suffering and then there's the suffering that can there's the good that can come out of suffering and mm-hmm. I I really wanted to emphasize that point with people um, especially since Peter's writing to them from a prison cell in in Rome and uh, you know there's this is a again we I feel like a broken record there's a dense passage right yeah, it is a dense passage tons of stuff and, and going you, on. you 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 dare go in to the end of the passage where I just sort of punted on it oh. at, the, at the very end you jump you jumped in and just dabbled in it and uh, well the whole conversation about the the, the noah the, yeah speaking the noah. to the imprisoned and the oh. noah until the flood of floodwaters came and the baptism symbolizing baptism well and, and i had know. a lot more in my notes too about it because i you know and i don't I don't know if you did you did you get to that portion when you're in the the pre, i don't say pre-preparation work yeah. when you're just doing the initial kind of read-throughs and pray-throughs did you have a thing at the beginning that said there's no way i'm going to be able to deal with all this so i'm yes gonna, yes oh, okay. it, it, it felt Felt like that that last section was going to be such a burden of time, yeah. Uh, not the burden of. I mean, it'd, be, it'd be fun to unpack it. It'd be yeah. great to unpack it. But, but we'd be there till you know for another hour to, to really truly unpack that. So so I I, I knew that I, that that unless there was something that was that was that that was had to come out and with the the last point it's just it's going to have to be summarized yeah and it all did seem to me it all seemed to be in service to the just the, the core gospel idea yeah. that jesus christ died once for sin yeah and and to, to bring people closer to god that was all in service to that well see and when i got to it i i'll i spent probably way too long kind of trying to go down the rabbit hole of what it means uh and then ultimately realizing um, there's no way i'm going to give this more than i can't give this more than probably two minutes or a minute and a half so what are the what is the core agreement um, that i can find because reading it going back to the greek going to commentaries there's really so little agreement on what it all means so most commentators say this is a this this is a lengthy bit of commentary on the meaning of these passages yeah and so the only thing i could i I went through is saying well what is the the what is the core idea that ties to the previous is that the that that Christ suffered once righteous for the unrighteous and in doing so took authority over all the suffering mm-hmm. so that so that yeah that was good so that he yeah. so that in our relationship to him there can be goodness that comes out of suffering because the cross leads to salvation the the, the to me that's where i'm like okay th- I don't know why this is. I'll be honest. I'm still not 100 percent sure why. What I don't know that the people in Asia Minor, when they're reading this, Listen are like this. going, "What's Peter going on about?" What? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, what I could say is that 
he is presenting the authority of Jesus over the the, mm. the, the mm. disobedient spirits in the time mm. of Noah, and that is the essential thing that Jesus is doing uh, when he dies on the cross. He's taking authority over the brokenness of our of our suffering, so that suffering can have value and meaning. Mm. Um, that that's one of those where you you do say okay after the service we're going to have another hour and we're just going to talk <laughs> about this but we we did not do that or those times when I've done church wide series where they will preach and then there'll be study guides from the sermon yeah and that'll go out to all of the groups yeah and that will be the the com the the topic of conversation in the groups yeah and that and I think this is one of those passages where you really understand the value in those kinds of practices because. Yeah. There's just no way in the time frame given that we can even uh, not 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 even just address all the different possibilities, but even then say, well, what does that mean? You yeah. know, and even even what we're doing here, we're talking about the the art of preaching. We're talking about the how, how we develop preaching and everything about preaching. Even that, the you know, it, it serves. The way that we've been trained, which is that there is in in any kind of in any passage of scripture, you can find a central idea, yeah, a big idea, as Haddon mm-hmm. Robinson, preaching professor, once calls it. You, you can find the big idea, and then uh, and so uh, the idea of of saying that there is a big idea is that all all the details of the 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 passage are in support of that ultimate big idea, and our job is to find out is to name, having done our research and our our board studies and our you know all of the things that we do for for uh, historical you know critical work what is that thing in the passage yeah. and and this idea of there is suffering and there is some there is meaning there mm-hmm. is there's there, it's not just meaningless uh, hopeless despair type of suffering there's something more that needs to be said that and so did we need to unpack every single detail that's yeah. that's in support of that larger big idea uh, I, no no um, not necessarily no, yeah. that's not that that's not that's a class. Yeah, that's not a sermon. Yeah, you know, the sermon's job is to is to preach the big idea, and then to highlight the ways in which that big idea has been lived out. You you presented two kind of historical references in your message. One, uh, Louis Amparini, the, mm. the the story that uh, Laura Hil- Lauren Hildebrand kind mm. of um, uh, you know un- unpacked in the in this in the. Um, the novel, or not the novel, but the the book, Unbroken, and then yeah. the same with Corey Tenboom as well, too. So, you know, as you're thinking through all those things, what was coming to your mind then? Well, it's interesting because having it was afterwards. I listened to listened to yours, mm-hmm. and and I thought, you know, the, your question that you asked, which uh, you know, where have we seen God bring good out of grief, mm-hmm. right? yeah. out, out of out of difficulties? Uh, we were kind of doing the same thing in there yeah. because the story of, of Louis Zamperini and the story of uh, Corey Tan Boom was this, was the exact same thing. Where did good come out of the out of the yeah. bad? You know, for Louis Zamperini, it was the. Uh, I, and I guess that's what I was thinking to answer your question. I was thinking how how can we how can we change the way we perceive? We can't maybe we can't change the circumstances of the suffering, yeah. but we can change how we see and how we perceive and how we respond to the suffering. How does that happen? Well, how has it happened before? Yeah. And here's two stories uh, yeah. that show how it's happened before, and obviously they're extreme stories. We're not we're not likely to be shot down over the over the Pacific or 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 in a concentration camp in our lifetime, but we can still learn from those extremes and say, look. Yeah. But we can still think about 
you know, there's so many layers of these both of those stories that could be could be unpacked. Yeah. But uh, we could still think about our circ- circumstances of difficulty differently, and that's what they did, and that's what you were calling us to do as well. Just look back on your own life and yeah. say, because that that does help, doesn't it? Yeah. Isn't that why you see you brought absolutely. that up? It does help when you look back about some of the most yeah. difficult times of Zach McGowan's life. Ab- absolutely. You you in the moment. Very different experience than looking back on it. Well, we, you know, it's the old idea: the hindsight's twenty twenty. I think yeah. that the eyes of faith are are always looking. And one of the themes of this 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 uh, this series, and and one of the the themes that I picked up that you had mentioned earlier in the series is that uh, Peter looks forward and backward so that in the present we have this yeah. hope right and so that was kind of in my head when i was thinking you know that i see, I see that. that that was the idea is that peter's is is the, the the fact is suffering is happening to everybody and you even brought in which i loved because you did have these two you know big historic stories people not going to be shot over but people would have knee surgery that is painful and and hurts and people will lose loved ones and and that creates a a season of grief and and where where are we where are we living into the hope of jesus christ in the middle of that suffering is of immense value and that's what was in my head too is like i've seen people in our congregation who have carried that faith with yeah. them through cancer diagnosis, through well, the loss I thought of that was, it was really a great point. And I love how you're saying it just now, even how, how you were thinking about it, is that because we can look back and see the suffering of Jesus Christ, we can look back into our own life and see the faithfulness of God in the middle of difficulty, difficult times. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You yeah. can see that. Therefore, which is where you said yeah. you see people facing cancer, you see mm-hmm. people facing um, grief with uh, with a, with a hope that is just unbelievable. Yeah, that, that, that God has something greater in, in the middle of all that. I, lo- I, 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 I was cheering. Yeah. Well, it's it's you know that's the thing about the way Peter presents this is, and and even as I'm starting to prep for this week's message, you know Peter is great about. Um, the repetition of themes, you know, throughout this very brief but dense book. So you do, it's it's a little easier to see, and I think we've both seen this, a little easier to identify what those big ideas are, even if he has all these kind of surrounding thing, you know, surrounding supporting points or, you know, things that go here or there. It It, it is that he he's constantly tying to the gospel, mm-hmm. you know. And you said it in, with verse eighteen, you know. And I read that that same thing that you read about verse eighteen is probably the most succinct unpacking of the gospel in mm-hmm. the Bible. Um, but that's what Peter's constantly doing, and isn't that so appropriate for someone like Peter who walked for three years with Jesus, S- steeped in the in the in the Jewish tradition, yes. knows all the knows all the law and can speak speak to the gentile or the jew with 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 great fluency uh, but he's also he's completely centered on the on the gospel completely centered on the gospel completely centering on the the person and work of Jesus Christ yeah. and 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 just absolutely um providing for those who have the eyes of faith to see a, a, a real sense of foundational hope that they can mm. that they can stand on, and so that so that they can continue to do good in the face of the persecution and in the face of marginalization and in the face of suffering of all kinds. Well, that's one of the things I liked about what you did, and I didn't do this in, in, in mine. Uh, I, I sort of did it last week uh, in, in classic, but uh, you you put a little uh, put a little weight on verse fifteen. Yes, which is the uh, 
uh, and you you landed there as well. Yeah. The the idea that you that you you are prepared to give a, a defense a defense for the hope that is in you, and you do it with a certain certain quality about you. What what yeah. were you? What was on your mind with that? Well, and you you know um, when one of the things that was interesting because you started talking about you know where we where we experience the persecution, you know where we will sometimes experience the suffering, whether it's the the unbelieving spouse in the home or in the workplace or even on social media. And I started, and obviously I hadn't heard your message when I preached because you hadn't preached it yet. Yeah. But, but in my head I was thinking those are the moments when we, when we as a culture tend to when we as a Christian culture in our Western mindset tend to want to fight back, right? We tend to want to f- take that, that, that persecution. I don't say persecution mm-hmm. is a weighty term. I don't really like to use it. That marginalization or that, 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 and we want to fight back. And, and you know, earlier in that passage, he talks about the fact that Jesus did not, you know, no, you know, when he was reviled, he didn't revile in return, those sorts of things. And then when he puts in that 15 and 16, it's not that we don't have a response. We do have a response. It's hope. It's the hope of Jesus Christ. But when we present that response, we are to do it with all gentleness and respect, or as it's translated in other places, humility and fear. Now, I didn't really get time mm-hmm. to talk about why he uses the word phobos there and not something else. Um, but it does. And you had mentioned it earlier, and I wanted to kind of, you mentioned it the week before, and I kind of wanted to sit there for a second, is that our job is not to beat people over the head with the gospel, but to yep. be a, but to be a witness of comfort from the gospel. Yeah. And I think we tend to face what we consider persecution and marginalization here with a fight back mentality. I mean, we see that all the time. Well, I was I was feeling that as I was saying it, certainly yeah. leading up to the saying, is that I know that you know, the idea that we don't return evil for evil, insult for insult, is yeah. a counter. That is a that is a countercultural idea. That's hugely countercultural. And you know, I, and I I had all the questions about what do you do with bullying? What do you yeah. do? And I had all those things running through my mind there. Just and I just finally needed to say that. Look, keep in mind what Peter is trying to do. He's trying to win over a culture. Exactly. Yeah, um, and so he's trying to tell them to, to live differently. Um, and I didn't, I didn't close this this out there, but by implication, we're trying to win over a culture too. Yes, and so we're trying to live differently as well. And yes. So what would it look like for us to live differently than the, the, everyone else? You, you know, this this is the. I, this is sidebar on this, but you know, somebody once said, "I don't understand President Trump when Trump was first elected." Yeah. And I said, and somebody said it to me, and I thought it was a great way to think about it. it. Said he's a New Yorker. Yeah. If someone smacks you in the mouth as a New Yorker, first thing you do is smack them back. Yeah. And then you talk. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, this actually flies in the face of that very that whole idea. That whole idea is that yeah. first thing you do is smack them, smack them back. So when I loved how you brought the, the the Sermon on the Mount passage, you know, which which can bring I mean a whole weight of questions, but also it, you can't deny that that's countercultural. Yeah, you cannot deny that the standard, the ethical standard for the Christian Jesus laid on the Sermon on the Mount was, golly, it's that is it is a it is a great challenge. Yes, and if you're faced with like you know internet social media trolls you're not supposed yeah. to get into an arguing battle yeah. with them or if you know that's the that's the that's the thing i you know when i was thinking through some of that stuff i was like this is you know it's it's obvious for us it, sh- it we think it's obvious to say um well we should just do good and run from evil yeah and yet as soon as we get a little bit pushed 
we're like, no, we, we're throwing we, all we, that we out. We square up. Revenge, <laughs> and and we're going to insult back, and 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 it's just you know it's incredible to me. We forget the the context in which Peter's writing and the people to whom he's writing. Yeah, they're dealing with. And this is why I hesitate to use the word persecution in our context, because they're dealing with actual persecution. Corey Ten Boom was dealing with actual, actual. persecution. Yeah. Uh, we are not, I mean, does it, is it suffering? Is it really suffering no. when the spouse, you know, insults you and, and makes fun of you? Yes, it absolutely is. Um, and I don't want to, and I think you did, you did a great job. I don't want to ever want to minimize that because we know people in that situation. And I don't want to minimize when people have, you know, social media trolls that are kind of coming after them because that is, that is our context. Um, at the same time, I want to tell people like. De- death is not on the line. Death is not on the line here. I mean, yeah. not, not really. I mean, um, and when, when next week we're going to talk about how that how we should anticipate the ramping up of persecution and marginalization mm-hmm. in the times that we live because the end times are continuing on uh and then the, we're going to cycle back to the to, the suffering to, to the particular the particular focus and and i boy i was i tried to try not to, i tried not to put too much into the, the details know, on this about suffering for the faith because yeah. you were for faith because that is that that's is coming that that's coming but but that that was that section though yeah. they, these are people who are you know it was more a little more than that but they're you know the, the spouse who who is a believer and is doing all the and and is hearing from the 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 other spouse you know you're an idiot yeah for being a believer yeah that's hard. That's tough. That, that yeah, is that, a, that's tough. That really is. Yeah, it's a hard place to be. Yeah, it really is. But uh, you know, that's why this this whole series is is it's multi layered. But at the same time, it keeps going back and repeating through some of the similar themes because we need to hear those themes yeah. so often, and we need to feel that the weightiness of that from what what Peter's going. And I think something. to your point, we need we need to keep hearing that the answer really is. Jesus, yeah. That 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 when we look at what He has done, we realize that that has been applied to us, and we realize that no matter what's going on in our life, He has done something that is liberating for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. No matter what the circumstances are, that that theme has been a as re- repeating theme, as you have said, yeah. uh, and and Peter has said all along, and that that is that there there now is the true. I don't know. F- freedom is one word, but but delight is the yeah. other. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, if you missed any one of the messages from this or any one of our uh, series, uh, make sure to head over to fpclakeland.org to the worship page and sermon archive tab. You can see complete services of both Classic and Vine. Uh, If you've missed any one of our episodes of Armchair Preaching, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, and subscribe, uh, like it, share it with your friends. And next week, uh, we jump, we continue in First uh, Peter chapter 3. Uh, John will be in uh, Divine once again, and I'll mm-hmm. be in Classic. And uh, John, thanks for hanging out. It's good hanging out. I will say uh, it's, it's good to see you in Classic with your new robe on, new and robe. with your uh, your doctoral hood on. Yeah. And if you, if you look closely, you'll see three slashes on the sleeve of, uh, of, of uh, Zach's robe, which you didn't have before. That's and a symbol of... Uh, chevrons on the back. Chevrons on the back of the hood. Let me uh, just tell you, though, you need to have a degree to get that hood on by yourself. <laughs> you need to have like a whole separate degree to get that hood yeah. on by and yourself. Speaking of degrees, it also raises your body temperature by about two degrees or so just by adding that extra, <laughs> extra was, weight. It was a bit hotter <laughs> to, get, to like put some ice packs on underneath or something like that. Blow a fan underneath. That's right. Well, John, thanks for hanging out and uh, we'll see everybody again next time.